You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for listening to another episode of Drinks with Johnny. I've got a very special guest here, Mr. Brooks fucking Wackerman. Thanks for doing the show, brother. Thank you. Very cool of you. Very cool of you. All right, so now, so to we're gonna we're gonna get right into it. Yeah. I know your your drink of choice. I didn't even have to ask you. The Wackerman. The Wackerman. Two. Yeah. You get some ice. Yep. We got your favorite Malibu rum here. Mm. Yeah, so it's a tasty healthy. treat for you, bud. <laughs> so there's not really a measurement pour or anything on that. You're just gonna take your cocktail glass and you're gonna do about 75% Malibu. Mm-hmm. 25% pineapple juice. Mm. It's all about the balance. It's all about the balance. Yep. You're gonna throw that in there. We're gonna take a beautiful flamingo stir for you. That is stir new, that up real nice. New accessory for me. Yeah. So what is it about Malibu rum and pineapple for you, man? I mean, I've made these for you a couple times on the road. Yeah, more than a couple times. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, every other day uh, <laughs> it occurrence really is. It is. on, it is. on tour. Um, well, as you know, I've never been much of a drinker and I don't like hard alcohol. So um, I'm just more of a tropical man when it comes to uh, my beverages. With, with the with the guys, Drop and you're cherry. adding a cherry. Wow! I'm adding a cherry so and a, a pineapple flamingo. Swept. So that's Cheers. basically Malibu rum, pineapple juice, pineapple garnish, and a cherry. Mmm. What do you think? So man? good. Is that Wackerman yeah. approved? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You're very one welcome. million percent. I'm gonna make myself Wackerman. one now too. Yeah. We're, Nothing we're screams good. metal more than a Malibu rum and pineapple. That is so the most, that's the, that I, is the thrash metal of drink right I there. can already see the comments right now. Yeah, they're, all, they're my, all pissed for you um, saying that. There's yeah. some metalheads out there with long hair and they're like fucking pissed. Yeah, there's, uh, there's some guys in Bulgaria that's going to try and behead me next time I go over there. Fucking gnarly. Now, are you adding more Malibu um, in yours than pineapple? Yes, you are. Yeah, just a little bit okay. more. So I got a pink one. Let's, let's cheers it up here, brother. To the Wackerman, thanks for doing thanks the show. Thanks for having me. Of course. Pleasure. I've been waiting for the call. Mm. I don't know, man. I can't drink this. I'm not gonna drink that. Are you serious? Yeah. It's, it's After all that thing. work it's and, not my and, thing. and it's heart not my that thing. you put in that I'm glass? gonna make myself a Bloody Mary. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Johnny Christ. <laughs> On yeah. that note, let's- uh, The I, I'm gonna make this. Let's start moving over to the couch. 
really get to know you more than I've ever got to know you mm. before. Let's go all the way back, man. Let's start it's gonna at get the dark. fucking beginning. Oh yeah. <laughs> I want to know about your childhood, my man. You know, I know that you have older brothers. You're the youngest of how many again? Uh, four. Four. Yep, I'm the baby of uh, four And there's boys. music all throughout your family. Your dad is an awesome drummer. Yes, um, um, and music educator, and has been for over sixty years now. So, what was that so, like? What was that household like growing up? I mean, like, what was what was your environment? So, it wasn't as chaotic as you would think, because um, I'm significantly younger than the closest brother in age to me. So, my brother John is about twelve years ahead of me. So. Well, if I could take a detour here, when my mom was alive, I, I said, um, you know, so what, what was going on with the 12-year hiatus there? And she immediately said, you were not a mistake, Brooks. <laughs> that was her answer with that? <laughs> yeah, it just like full on, you know, like someone that had Tourette's, like she, she just, you were not a mistake. Yeah, it was, it was, it was so, automatic, like you didn't even get the question. Yeah, so was, clearly yeah. I was an oopsie. Um, <laughs> The best oopsie ever, man. I got a cheers to that. Thank you. Here, let me grab we wouldn't, my... We wouldn't have... We wouldn't have rum and pineapple. Wackerman without that fucking story right there. And I just... I fucking love it. You know, due to all the uh, accessories, it takes me longer to sip. <laughs> it mm. does look absolutely ridiculous. You could take the fucking mm. thing out if you no, want. It looks like a <laughs> Disneyland, like, wherever they serve those drinks. So back to... Uh, okay, it so it wasn't as chaotic because I... Besides my dad playing once in a while, I had the garage to myself. All my brothers were moved out. Oh. So, um, working as musicians too. So, which is kind of rare to have four siblings as working musicians. But my uh, father is the um, sole reason why we're musicians, because he introduced us to music, would drive us up to Hollywood for private lessons, would take me out of school for these lessons, um, introduced me to live music, would take me to Frank Zappa shows when my brother played with Frank and like just to be exposed to that was um, was awesome and That's contagious. So, cool. so yeah, obviously he's, contagious, he's, yeah. he's the reason why we're all um, musicians. And but, successful ones. No. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's good upbringing. All, everyone, yeah. everyone was able to go on to a career in music, which is, yeah. That, I mean, that's unheard of. And with your father, you know, being a musician himself, obviously we had uh, an upper hand, you know, if he was a doctor or a lawyer, maybe it, it would have We could have had a Dr. Wackerman? We, we could have had a, hey, well, you know. Don't count still it out. Time. There's still time. There's still time. Um, you working on your PhD? Constantly in my head. <laughs> so yeah, that was pretty much the, uh, the the seed that was planted with music. That's pretty cool, man. So as time went on, you mm -hmm. know, you're growing up, you're doing all these things, and then what was your your very first band? What was it called? What was the experience like that? Your very first, even just garage band kind of thing. My very first band was called TNT. TNT. A very original name. <laughs> we, we named it before the somewhat famous TNT metal band. Yeah. Was, uh, I don't know if you ever knew I this. Actually yeah, even there was a, a metal band named TNT. So you've seen the show Growing Pains. Yes. Ben Seaver's brother, Jeremy Miller, 
was our singer in the band. <laughs> um, and Josh Freeze's brother, Jason, who plays in Green Day, um, was the keyboard player in that band. So I, I grew up so with it was, Jason. So it was, you were, your first band was full of all-stars already. In a way, yeah. <laughs> so, but we were playing all covers. There was nothing original. I mean, I was, I think it was eight or nine. So I got to give myself some slack here. Oh, uh, you know. Um, but we were playing like Whitney Houston, Missing Persons, um, wait, wait. Huey Lewis. The dude the was news. singing Whitney Houston covers? Well, we had two singers. We okay. had we had Ben Seaver from Growing Pains. Yeah. And we also had this gal named Emily who sang the Whitney Houston songs. Okay, I was gonna say, dude, if, that, he, if, he could, if he could pull that off, that'd be pretty that, fucking That band uh, would have never broken up had he been able to sing Whitney Houston. I could tell you that much. Ah, yeah. okay. So that was my first band, and we got a gig at the Good Time Theater at Knott's Berry Farm over spring break. And um, we were playing these cover songs with Snoopy on stage. Dancing to our That's so yeah mad. yeah is that, is that Snoopy on stage? Is that part of the camp Snoopy? Is that like yeah. over there? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> awesome! I just took my son there there's, last year. So yeah. Like. <laughs> there, there's a lot that you don't know about me, Johnny. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's what I'm talking about. This is yeah. why we're sitting here. I want to get into the shit that I don't know. You, you give me a cup of pineapple and uh, Malibu rum, and you know. What was the band with the kid from uh, Terminator 2? So that was my other band with an actor as a singer, and it called a Bad for Good. Bad for Good, yeah. that's right. And yeah. Steve Vai produced us. Um, so that was that was my next, you know, quasi-legitimate band, and we were signed to Interscope. Um, did a record for them. And how, how old were you at this time? I think it was twelve. You're twelve when I years joined. old. Yeah. You're in a band that's signed to Interscope, and Steve Vai is your producer. Yes. Yeah. Fuck I you, was, dude. I was. Uh, <laughs> That's, At that time, insane. like, what I daydreamed about during PE was was coming true. So oh, I was I was I was very grateful, and you know, just the fact that Steve Vai was producing it, and I, at that point, was trying to find you know a band that did originals and um, was serious about um, playing and musicianship as much as I was. So I I finally found these guys, and yeah. When you joined the band, and I heard about this story too, I was like looking at it. And I, obviously, you have to go and look at some of these promo shots these kids had. It was epic. You got to see what Brooks looked like at this time. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> it was. You were gorgeous. You were. You were. You were one of the hottest chicks I've ever seen. The back um, of our cover. Um, for some reason, the photographer wanted us to take our shirts off, and we were like 12 years old. Um, so, if you go to Amazon and you want to see the Bad for Good Refugee. Um, uh, photo session you'll 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 know what I'm talking about just flip it over and you'll see you know this awkward photo session that's but, so amazing yeah it never uh, never felt right so <laughs> I couldn't imagine it would feel right <laughs> just you describing it sounds fucking terrible <laughs> but we were so young we were I know, like, you know you're you like know, whatever we're gonna look cool man we're gonna look cool but <laughs> anything but yeah it just looked unhealthy oh dude yeah Bad for Good takes its course. How old were you and which came first, suicidal or uh, infectious grooves? Infectious grooves came next. So we were um, rehearsing at the same uh, rehearsal spot, Mates in LA. Yeah, I know Mates. Any musician in Southern California knows. Has rehearsed at Mates. Yeah. So Bad for Good was rehearsing there. Um, Robert Trujillo was rehearsing with suicidal or infectious one. 
one, one of the two next door to us. And uh, he's listening to me play uh, during a break. He's uh, very complimentary about what he uh, hears. So I, I meet him during a, a break and uh, he told me that Infectious was having drummer auditions that month. And Bad For Good at the time was kind of winding down and we did one record and no one was really happy and I think our guitar player was moving on. I was looking for something new and different and I loved Infectious Grooves and the, yeah. the band just hit. And uh, so I learned my four or five songs and auditioned and luckily got the gig. Robert Gio is like one of the best of all time. He's, yeah. he's, yeah, no, I mean, I, I've learned a lot just as a rhythm section player, you know. Seriously, no, no bullshit. It's literally one of my favorite bassists of all time and yeah. universally recognized as one of the best of all time as, as Agreed. a bass player. Hands like, down. He's, he's, he's that, he's that much of a man about it. You know, he has his own style. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. And that style is amazing. When you listen to the infectious groove stuff with the rhythm section between you and him doing stuff is just violent and funky. <laughs> well put. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you gotta throw it in there. Did you know that video was uh, uh, scrutinized by Beavis and Butthead? I did. I yeah. saw. I saw. Did you, I mean, did you I was, see that episode? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've seen all the Beavis and Butthead episodes. That was like my jam in, in like elementary school. Actually, my dad let me watch it. Seven p.m. Like on Wednesdays, I would just be glued to the TV. Oh fuck and, yeah. Um, Violent and Funky, the video came on, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> much like we're laughing on the couch right now. Yeah, yeah. So that that was uh, that's when I knew I made it was when Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, finally, uh, I, I, I wish, I wish they video. would have ever done an Avenged one. You know, that would have been awesome. They could have got us like they could have got us real good. Yeah, it would have been epic. Well, well if you're judge, out there, judge. You, yeah, you want to bring it back to the table? We could do a music video, man. Take awesome. a break from Silicon Valley and. And that show's renew. so good, though. Yeah, I love that show. As do I. So then you're you're now in infectious grooves, and how did it come to be the suicidal stuff? I mean, I know that it's the their their sister bands and everything like that, but it's not like it was, you know, you're in infectious groove, you're automatically going to be in suicidal. So how did that how did that happen? So I was playing with infectious for about maybe three or four years, um, and Mike Muir and Robert are both in Suicidal, and I think a guy named Jimmy DeGrasso had just left Suicidal. And they may have been like on hiatus too, so Mike, yeah, that's what happened. They, they, they broke up briefly, and then Mike decided that he wanted to reform Suicidal, and um, Jimmy wasn't uh, available, so he asked if I would be into uh, playing in both bands. And Infectious always toured less than Suicidal, so I had the time, and uh, I loved ST, so. Yeah, um, is a great band, man. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I said, of course, let's do it. Um, and then at that time, Robert got the gig with Ozzy, so I never really played with Robert in Suicidal. That's interesting. Yeah. That you were in Suicidal when he wasn't. Right. That's right. funny. So we just played in infectious grooves together. And then um, I got my friend Josh Paul in Suicidal, and uh, he took Robert's place. Um, and I played with them for about three years, I think, three or four years. When did you get your first bandana? In, I think, Rio de Janeiro. 
during a photo session. <laughs> it was interesting because uh, I always look like I should be in a uh, indie rock band, especially <laughs> back then. Like I, I always look like I should be the guy playing drums for Weezer. Yeah. Um, and I think Mike Muir uh, was always was amused by the fact that you know I could play punk rock drums at these like furious tempos, but I looked so studious, you know, yeah. behind the kid and my fashion. You look like the fucking accountant. I look like a fucking accountant. Yeah, yeah. I was the guy in suicidal tendencies that always got questioned by security at venues because I did not look, even though I had the credentials on, I did not look like I should be playing in, that, in yeah. suicidal. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. It's a really interesting concept you think about because suicidal has their look. They're out playing their gigs and they've been doing it for a while. You yeah. Know? And then in comes Brooks Wackerman, all of what, 19 years old you were or something like that? Around there. Yeah. yeah. And like, <laughs> I think it actually kind of probably looks crazier than if you did look like that. Exactly. Like that in, yeah. a, in a weird way. It's like, what's wrong with this guy? You know, like you bring I, up I, I'd, look at, yeah. I'd look at everybody else and you go like, okay, they, yeah, this guy looks like he's been in jail. This guy looks like he's been in jail, but... There, Where did this guy come from? What's yeah. his fucking story? <laughs> yeah, maybe that maybe that um, was the appeal. It yeah. was just like I out crazied everyone just by my, <laughs> you know, academia look. Yeah. <laughs> but so, um, but yeah, I mean, Mike and Robert, you know, I I I'm like forever indebted to those guys just because they believed in me and and gave me the freedom to, you know, express oh, right, myself right, as, so. as, as a drummer and uh, creative force in those bands, which led to, you know, Bad Religion and... Well, and, that's what I was going to get into next, yeah, right? So this and, is the next chapter of Brooks Wackerman, right? Yeah. Is being in Bad Religion. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? So after three years of playing in ST, I um, was just looking for something different, and I was not to use a sports um, term, a free agent, yeah. for about a year. And Bad Religion's drummer had just exited their camp. So word got around that I wasn't playing in a band at the time. Um, and Brett Gerowitz was looking for uh, a drummer to take Bobby Shearer's spot. So he called me up and um, so I went, went down to their rehearsal hall. We played Infected, um, something off of Suffer and uh, I think Stranger Than Fiction. And I think Suffer might be my favorite Bad Religion. That's a strong one, yeah. yeah. As far as punk classics, that's, yeah. that's up there. Um, and it felt great. It felt fresh. All the guys were very supportive of my playing and, and timing-wise it was great because they were just going in to do a record. You know, the stars aligned and I was, I was on board after the audition. I was like, okay. I'm, and so how many years were you with Bad Religion? 15 years. 15 years. Yeah, I think I did seven records with them. So e that, that's easily your, your, your first marriage, really. Yeah, <laughs> first marriage, yeah. So 15 years, you guys playing for, you know, pretty much all over the world, right? You guys, mm -hmm. I, know you guys I know you guys did a lot of Australia stuff, I saw yeah. that happening. We've done warp tours together yeah. at that point. Mm -hmm. um, 
again, Warp Tour, just like the pool that every musician like starts, like knows each other from. It's a shame that that's not. I know. That, that doesn't hail, exist anymore. Hail to Kevin Lyman. Seriously. Yeah. You gotta have Kevin on the show, man. You should. Um, you definitely should. Yeah, because I, I mean, mean that, he's, those Warp Tours, that, that, I mean, that was but, a hotbed for musicians. It's like where everyone connected Yeah, with I each may other. not be sitting on your leather sofa if, if it, it wasn't, wasn't for. I wouldn't have Lyman. a leather sofa if it wasn't for fucking Warped True. Tour. <laughs> you would probably have a uh, suede yeah, sofa. Yeah, you know, if I was lucky. Because Maybe of even the corduroy. Cost. Have you ever seen a corduroy sofa? Is that more economical? <laughs> I don't <Yeah>. know. <laughs> a futon. <laughs> you, you, you probably have a futon. I'd have a futon. Yeah. <laughs> Drinks with Johnny on his fucking futon. <laughs> It also turns into his bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, though. I mean, Warped. I mean, was pretty much the breeding ground for music and new music, and, mm -hmm. and you know, I mean, it, it was obviously a heavy emphasis on punk, but you know, that's where I discovered you guys. Yeah, you know, Joe Escalante no... from the Vandals yeah. came came up to me and said, um, "You have to check out Event Sevenfold. They were they are unlike any other band on this um, tour." Right, that was the idea, yeah. to be different. Yeah, and they have 10 minute songs, so they play two songs. Uh, He's exaggerating. Their... At the time, we had like seven minute songs. <laughs> okay, maybe three songs on the set. And uh, yeah, so that, that was my introduction to you guys was, you know, I, we, we owe a lot to that. Oh, to absolutely. That, to that Let's cheers tour. to those motherfuckers in the tour. All those motherfuckers. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Fallen Soldier of Warp Tour. Uh-huh. So you're in bad religion at this point, yeah. in the midst of this 15 years marriage. With counseling. How the fuck did you meet Jack Black and become the drummer of Tenacious D? I put out an ad in the recycler. I said, <laughs> drummer of bad religion is searching for a comedy duo <laughs> with rhythm section. Preferably with two actors in it, one bald, one not. Call Brooks Wackerman, Seal Beach, California. <laughs> five six two five nine four eight six six one. Nice. Yeah. Is that, was that your number back in the day? It was. Jesus. Yeah. You just let it out there. But I hope it's not your phone number now. That's still my phone number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really like people. So. <laughs> Give this man a call. You're gonna have to change your number after we release this video. Um, I'm having the best time, my man. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for doing the show. Yeah, let's do this. What are you doing tomorrow? I fucking do this all day, every day, baby. Part seven tomorrow. So, in all seriousness, did did uh... Uh, so? What happened was uh, Warren Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald, part of my uh, pronunciation. He's had, he's had a couple Wackermans. Yeah, now I'm slurring <laughs> my words. Um, our mutual friend now, because yeah. he played on um, the cover song. Yeah, um, Warren Fitzgerald. Uh, played on the first Tenacious D record. So, yeah, he played electric guitar on it. And uh, he introduced me to Kyle at a show probably five years before I got the call from Kyle that he remembered me and was interested in having me be a part of Tenacious D. And I was blown away because he wasn't a guy that I ran into periodically in that five-year period yeah. so you know it was a time elapse so yeah let's get together and see what comes out of it got together and um it felt great and so i got the gig that's awesome yeah i think that's actually um so we we crossed paths on warp tour a couple times before and i remember I, we were out in england we're doing a festival tenacious yeah. d was was on was on the on the show with us 
And I had seen you from we played the crowd right and, and, and Warped Tour. Yeah. Playing with BR. I had never stood behind you uh-huh. and watched you play. I watched you play from behind on that Tenacious D show. It was funny because, not funny, we had to cancel our show. We went up and played like one song and Matt blew his voice out and we, right. had, to, we had to get off the stage on I remember, because <laughs> we didn't see you the following day like no, in, the, in Leeds. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it, was, it was Ready in Leeds, right? Yeah. Ready in Leeds in, in England, huge, huge festival. And Tenacious D was on it, and I yep. was like, I gotta go check out Tenacious D. It's fucking Brooks Wackerman. <laughs> what the fuck is he doing here? Yeah. And uh, yeah, and there you were. Like, and I think Dione was tour managing us at the time yep. too, and brought us over, brought us over to watch from from the back. And like, Jimmy was still with us, and we were we were back there like watching you, and all of us were like. To this day, I, I tell the story. That was the last time I saw Jimmy. Yeah. Because we were Metallica headlined, and um, I was on the side of the stage, standing next to Jimmy. I think they were playing something off of like Reload. It was like a really obscure track. And I look over to him and he is mimicking every lyric of this deep cut. Yeah. I'm like, that's a Metallica fan. Oh yeah. Jimmy was a big Metallica. Me and him were huge. I mean like everyone in the band, but like, yeah. When we when we got to go up on stage when the first time when they took us out in Germany, the very first time, like we were on cloud fucking eleven. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, grew up as one of my favorite bands of all time. Still and now to this day, you're playing with them. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, now we're now we're doing, we're yeah. still playing with them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, pretty crazy. So yeah, so, so the tenacious D stuff, and you're still in contact with Jack and Kyle, obviously. Yeah, no, they're I mean they're friends for life. Yeah, I mean they still come to my kids' birthday parties, and and yeah, we we still keep in touch. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Before we get into your current job. Mm-hmm. What are some other odd jobs that I might not know about that you pulled? You got any good stories about some uh, other? So I know you worked with a slew of other people. These were uh-huh. just these are just the bands that you were going through with. What was what was one of the more bizarre um, gigs you got? Well known artists or doesn't not. matter. If, oh, if there's gosh. a good story there, yeah. get into it. I mean, I don't know why. Maybe since I'm in a tropical mood right now. I, I dig it, man. It's um, tropical. This guy hired me for a session. The guy was probably like in his 50s. And he had like a bag of bananas in this brown bag. And after each take, the, the music was abominable. I mean, it was unlistenable. I, I didn't even know. Wait, what, what genre would you put it in? Just creepy guy music. Just. Um, what does that I don't sound know, like, like? A, like if a, what does that sound if like? a rapist ever wrote a record, <laughs> I think this guy had the potential of being that composer. You know, music. For, wait, 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 wait. Was rapists. this during the same yeah. time as Bad for Good? Were you shirtless this, in twelve? This, this was post Bad for Good. <laughs> you weren't shirtless I don't know. in twelve. It, it just because that would have been real creepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that yeah. I mean, the irony behind that one. Um, it was just, it was a weird session. And at that time I was doing um, weird sessions for some <laughs> reason. I was, uh, I don't think it was playing in a band, but um, anyways. So he had this bag of bananas and after each take, he would say literally his voice like, hey Brooks, do you want a banana? No, I'm okay. <laughs> okay, play another song. Hey, do you want a banana? <laughs> I think, I think the was, guy just wanted to watch you eat a banana. I think there was, just wanted to watch Brooks Mackerman eat a banana. And now that we're under analysis of this session, I, I think that's what he wanted. I think there was some <laughs> like weird pornographic 
undertones there where he wanted to see. Can I get you see. a banana? But you have to do it. <laughs> hey, Brax, do you want a banana? Hey, Brax, do you want um, a banana? So that was one interesting experience, and I never worked with the guy again. Um, why? Heavens. Why, yeah. did you, why didn't you guys continue on? So I did another session. <laughs> I, I was working with this producer who, whose name I, I can't state right yeah. now. His main goal for this artist that I was working with was to get a K-Rock hit. So he would just randomly turn on K-Rock like at any point during the session. During the session? During the session. Okay. And like That's System cool. of a Down would be on, for example. He's like, uh, he was an English guy. He said, Brooks, Brooks, what? Play, play that beat, man. Play that fucking beat. And so I would play the fucking chop suey beat. And uh, it's like, we're going to fucking write we're gonna fucking write a hit song from that beat because that's on K-Rock right now. And we're gonna fucking do it because what's on K-Rock is what we're gonna deliver to this artist. And he was just nuts. So Yeah, it so, sounds like, yeah. So every, every song that we would do. I couldn't imagine working with somebody like that. Yeah, so like to a T, the tempo would be the same, the feel would be the same, and we would just be like plagiarizing whatever, whatever came on K-Rock. So that's how that entire album <laughs> unraveled yeah it, it, was it a hit at k-rock though no it, no it never i don't think it ever saw there was the, not even a payoff yeah there was no payoff <laughs> there was no light at the end of the tunnel and um it's just interesting just to see you know everyone's uh methods so let's talk about your more recent marriage with avenge sevenfold yeah so i'll start it off Okay. We were um, touring with Nightmare. We had um, our good friend Aaron Elahai was fantastic drummer. Nothing against him. Absolutely love him. He's still a good friend of ours. Um, but things just weren't working out. We needed something different. We needed to change the pace from Hail to the King. Um, we had a vision for what we were going to do with the stage. And we basically just knew that we needed a, a, a different feel of, on, on the drums. So we started putting feelers out. Talked to Dione, our tour manager, who is obviously a good friend of yours as well. And he suggested Brooks Wackerman. At the time, we had no idea that you had any intentions of leaving Bad Religion. We were like, wow, you'd be interested in that? Mm -hmm. So why don't you tell me how, how that felt on your side of things? When I received the call from Dione, I mean, I was truly honored that, you know, my name was in the mix and that you guys were even considering me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was a fan of the, the band. This humble motherfucker over here, dude. I, you know, <laughs> at the time, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do that year, but I was keeping my options open for transitioning into, into something new. So, I mean, the, the timing couldn't have been more perfect. I eventually talked to, no, I didn't talk to Matt until we went out to dinner. And you weren't I was, there. I wasn't there. It was no. not the dinner I was at. Because I was at another dinner. Yeah. Okay. Maybe the second dinner. I think I was at the second at. dinner. Was so, it sushi, I think? Yes. Yeah. It was sushi. So uh, Dione said, hey, uh, Matt and Brian would like to go out for a steak dinner with you. And so <laughs> at that time, I think you were just finishing the, uh, the Mayhem tour. Mm -hmm. So you still had, I think, a, a couple weeks left. And then... We were gonna commence on, on the stage. So, yeah, I mean, everything lined up after that dinner and, and um, I was stoked. You guys were stoked. Uh, yeah, I mean, for, for us, it was, it's almost like it was meant to be. When you touch on the timing, it's like, 
literally finishing up. We already knew that we were moving on. Yeah. You were looking and I was, for something else. Yeah, and I, I had one more tour with Bad Religion at the time. Mm -hmm. So anyways, uh, fast forward to, I think, a couple weeks after the steak dinner. We get together and play a few songs. And um, I think we had the rehearsal hall for two days. I don't think I've ever divulged this, but I wasn't satisfied with uh, my playing the first day when we uh, got together. And I, after the audition, I didn't know if it was gonna work out or not. Cause I- That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I, you know, I would shed it, I did my homework. So now, this I, is a professional. Cause on my end, I'm like showing up and I'm just like playing fucking Brooks Wackerman. Fucking, he knows the songs. Cool, let's go, let's go do this thing. And you're sitting there thinking about the audition. Yeah, no, I, I was, I don't know. I, I was just really meticulous about well, it's an audition, you know, yeah. so you, you walk in there and you want everything to go well, you know, and and maybe I just had just very high standards with how I wanted my performance You're a perfectionist. To you could hear it in your playing. You're a perfectionist, well, man. So it, <laughs> that's not an insult. That's a, that's a compliment. Like, you're, you're a fucking perfectionist. The way that you play is very orchestrated. Like, it's it's what we wanted. It's, it's what you do. It's you take a lot of pride in your in your abilities, and you should. Like, and you're Thank a you. fucking incredible drummer. So it's like you telling me this story now is funny to me, but I, I could understand it now knowing you. I wish I would have known that a lot, like, like the yeah. next day. <laughs> like literally, I, I went home. I'm like, I don't think it's gonna work out. <laughs> Seriously, and it still hasn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I I got through all the songs, but I just thought like the execution wasn't there, or maybe I. I don't know. It, it was. I, I think I, I was just doing like a mind game with myself. So, luckily, we had another day, and um, I personally felt like my playing was better the second, the second day, day than the first day. To be honest, I didn't remember that there was two days until you just said it. Yeah. I only have the the one day in my head, and I don't know which one of those it is. <laughs> right, right. But I like just. I just remember going into that room with the white wall behind it, and we fucking jammed out some songs, and yeah. I was like killer man let's let's do this <laughs> okay okay yeah it, it's interesting how you one can paint a picture of, of something and well, you know, your, it doesn't your, translate your, your experiences are in the same room are different than mine right you know that's, yeah that's and we, we don't know each other concept. so we don't have that communication no. established yet but uh and uh again cheers man let's just uh let's just thank you for being on the show for being in the band making thank my life a me. fucking much better place it's good to Go down memory lane with you, Tony. Absolutely, man. All right, man. So, as you know, yes. I asked uh, the fans on uh, my Instagram for some fan questions mm -hmm. that I would like to rapid fire off with you. Yeah. And we'll just we'll just go through as many as we can. Okay. Um, and uh, hopefully, we got some good ones in there. One word answers for. If you could get it in every single one, I don't want to. I don't want to confine you to one-word answers, because <laughs> you know there's some stuff in there, man. There, I, I, yeah. I I went over all these questions, man. There's some there's some yeah. good ones in there. So all right, let's get into it. California Intensifies wants to know what's the weirdest thing a fan has told you. The weirdest thing since being in Avenged Sevenfold has been, although I I do agree with it, is I am the Ryan Gosling of metal <laughs> I, I see the resemblance yeah 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 <laughs> all right zacky shadows wants to know what 
or who do you believe has influenced your life or your life choices the most? I didn't realize that Matt and Zach share a, an account. It's, it, on, apparently it's theirs together. I mean, it was a great question. I yeah. mean, he wants to know what, what inspires you in your life, what, what influences you. I guess it's... What influences me? Shadows. It's a broad spectrum. Um, anything from uh, a movie, whether it's a director or an actor that I'm inspired by, to a new band or musician, you know, my sons that are nine years old that are practicing drummers right now, they inspire me. Um, even though what they're playing is elementary, it's still like just to see their minds work the way that they do. So yeah, it doesn't have to even be a musician. It can be a chef or, you know, just people that are passionate about. And how does that do. affect your life choices though? My life choices? Yeah. Well, it shifts my perspective. Okay. You know, on, yeah. on life and to learn from someone who I admire will, will change the way that I look. Yeah, the way, the way the you take your day to day. Yeah. I think this is the most serious answer I've, <laughs> I've given you in the last four hours I've been here. <laughs> it really was. But that's why I wanted to read that one. Good right. one, Zachy Shadows. It's going to get deeper. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can feel it. Okay. So Kirk Woods One wants to know what was the first tour with Avenged Sevenfold like? It was memorable and fantastic. Everything was new in the respect of learning, you know, about how you guys operate. And I've never been a part of a band where there's the production quality, you know, <laughs> like the, the monstrosity of everything from the pyro to... Um, I, take, I, I disagree with you, sir, because I do know that you played with uh, Spinal Tap. I did play with Spinal Tap, <laughs> but uh, we surpassed the Spinal Tap production. Uh, you hear that, people? We surpassed Spinal Tap yeah. production. I did yeah. that. And with Tenacious D, I did have an inflatable um, cock behind me. So <laughs> there is that. But um, This surpasses the cock and Spinal yeah. Tap. Okay. Yeah. I think just learning the ropes with, and just how new everything was is, uh, was the exciting part. Very cool. Let's move on. Okay. I don't even want to read that one because I can't read the fucking tag's name. It's fucking Afado fucking Shrikabula. Oh, I thought you were going to say you can't read your own writing. It's not my own writing. I can read my own writing. Okay. It's, like it's just a really bad tag. Do you want to try it? Yeah, I kind of want to try this to be funny. I'm like thinking about it. Like, should I go for it? All right. Afada Fada Siza Sakatir wants to know. Suicide or a bad religion? Oh, geez. They're really putting you on the spot. Yeah. And I'm not being diplomatic here. No. Um, it's two different animals. You know, like suicidal is kind of the wolf. Mm -hmm. Bad religion is the uh, cheetah. Ooh. I don't even know what that means. I don't know either, yeah, but, but God, it sounded good. My gosh. I mean. <laughs> if, uh, if someone was to read into that, they might, like, they're going way beyond what you just said, but yeah. that was fucking good. It sounded good. Yeah, zoological uh, references God, always let's just keep it well. going, because that was yeah. fucking good. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to seriously answer that. Am I? <laughs> yeah. Derelicts Jolene uh -huh. wants to know, what's your favorite fish? Okay, great question, mm -hmm. first off. Solid. Um, octopus. Ooh, is an octopus a fish? Oh, I'm sorry. Not an octopus. That's my, that's my favorite. We're going to put an X on oh, yeah. Not an octopus. Um, I, I was thinking rainbow roll. So, um, Should we get sushi after this? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. 
My favorite fish, so Walt's Wharf is the place where I met my wife. And they, in Seal Beach, they have something called the copper salmon. Mm. And it's seasonal. I'm gonna go with the salmon when it's copper time. So she's asking your favorite fish and you're just gonna tell her what you like to eat. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Copper salmon. <laughs> All right, uh, your daily sin. Wait, sorry, I thought she meant like favorite fish as in she what said I wanted. favorite fish. I don't know what she meant. Like if I go to the Long Beach <laughs> Aquarium, that's... Yeah, like what? Oh. Which one do you go? I don't know if that's what she's okay. asking. I don't think you need to go into it, man. We already got it. She asked, you, you gave her... I hope that you're a fish enthusiast and you were really expecting I mean, him when to think about ask, the aquarium. Yeah, when and you, he's talking about eating your favorite species. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Your Daily Sin wants to know, what's your favorite female punk band and why? I think you could probably go female fronted. Yeah. Female I don't think fronted. It needs to be, I don't think it needs to be full female, unless you have one that's all female. A band that comes to mind is uh, Crass. Crass. From England. And I, I, think they, uh, I think they occupy a farm as their residence. I learned about Crass when I... Uh, first got into the Vandals. So yeah, very political band that has maybe two female singers, but mm. yeah, they're, uh, they're pretty aggressive. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Ah, what's your... Okay. Favorite fish? Louis. <laughs> <laughs> I should have just put it in there again. Yeah. Louis's got, oh wow. Well, octopus is a mollusk. Right? I guess you would. I, I just know it's not a fish. I think I'm it's, sure it's a mollusk. mollusk. It's like a slimy sea creature. Can, yeah. Sorry, this is pissing me off right now. <laughs> you want to Google it? <laughs> right. Let's just let's get back to me in a second. This mollusk is gold. Is not a fish, it's a mollusk. See? There you go. Bam. There you go. Hey. My favorite mollusk, octopus. <laughs> Eat it. Yeah. Go ahead, Johnny. <laughs> uh. Yeah, get, get it in you. All right. Louis Gustavo Louis. underscore SS wants to know, what's your relationship between pleasure of playing the drums and pressure of being on stage? Obviously, you have a passion for drums. Yeah. But when, at what threshold are you uh, turning it over into pressure? Well, I never invite pressure. Okay, for example, we're, we're taking a, a long hiatus right now. When we play our next show, I think we can all feel unanimous pressure because of the time. Time off, yeah. Time off. So playing live, yeah, the, the biggest challenge is to try and play relaxed for the first segment of the, the set, like the first three or four songs. Yeah, not get hit of the beat yeah, too much. Yeah, like, exactly. You get a lot of shit going on. Yeah, so, you know, or when you walk the stage, you know, you start. Anyways, and that's just through experience to try and manage how to operate the, the pressure. But eventually you get to a point where you're like, oh, okay, I remember how to do this. And now I can just sit back and relax and, you know. Yeah, hard part's over. Exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah, pressure, uh, pressure is a bitch. Yeah. Max Pribs wants to know, why is Brooke so sexy? Um, I've been using Epicurean products for about uh, 10 years now. And they, they make a nice, very nice uh, scrub. Nice yeah, scrub, yeah. Very yeah. nice scrub. Well, I, I'll just um, peg back. I don't remember who it asked, but since you brought up the scrub, yeah. there was another person asked, how many facials do you get? Mm. I, haven't had often? A, I haven't had a facial probably in about 10 years. Wow. Yeah. But you've had, you have had one. I have had a facial, yeah. 
There's I, a porno joke in there too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These Korean masks are awfully popular. I see that. Yeah. I, mean, I, I see those. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> I love this one. Jakea wants to know, were you born Whacker Boy? And then as you grew up, you became Whacker Man? No. No. Uh, I've always been a Wackerman, and uh, it is ironic that I play the drums, I hit things, and my last name was Wackerman, because a lot of people... Um, it's too perfect. Yeah, it's too a perfect. lot of people think uh, it's a pseudonym. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's, it's real life. This is real yeah. life Wackerman. There's a, there's a long lineage of Wackermans. All right, I don't want to come out of bed, great tag, mm -hmm. wants to know, how does it feel to go from punk to metal? Before I started playing punk, I was highly influenced by metal drumming. And even though I didn't play in that many metal bands, I mean, Suicidal had elements of metal. But uh, if it wasn't for my history with metal, I think it would have been a much harder transition. Yeah, it yeah. shows. Seemed pretty effortlessly on my end, so. Thanks, dude. <laughs> yeah. Did great. Okay, this is one that I definitely wanted to get to. Tony of Papa Roach, Tony P. Roach, mm. wants to know, why did it take you so long to get your driver's license? Ha! <laughs> he's one of the few people in this Hi, world. Hi, Tony. Yeah. He's, he's uh, yeah. It definitely takes someone that knows me growing up to ask me that. I did not start driving until I was 26. And living in Southern California, that's unheard of and amazing. And this is a day and age way before Ubers or anything like yeah, that. This so was how pretty, the fuck did you get around? This was pre-convenience. Yeah, there's no, there's yeah. not a great public transportation system here. So my rationale um, behind not uh, getting my license until later on is because I started touring so much. And every time I went out on tour, I would just put the license on the back burner. Mm -hmm. So had I not been touring as much as I, as was, I think I would have gone to the DMV a lot sooner. But yeah, touring was, was the deterrent. So you were just too professional and too busy to get your driver's license. Well, and I also, if, if there's a <laughs> That's a term, his answer. <laughs> yeah. If there's a term for fear of DMV, I think uh, that was it too. Because I did take my test when I was 16 and I failed it and I just never got around to getting back to the DMV. But, Can I send a message to Tony about that? Well, I'm sure Tony drove me around at uh, one time because uh, him and I were in a band together where I was playing guitar and singing and he was playing drums so he would take me to some shows. But Tony, thank you for bringing up that question and um, thanks for all the rides. Give him a five-star rating. Yeah. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you're subscribed and leave us a five-star review. If you want to listen to this show ad-free, head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and become a premium member. You'll get to enjoy unreleased clips from your favorite guests, discounts on merchandise in our shop, and access to our private Discord server where you can chat one-on-one -on -one with Johnny Christ himself. Awesome! So stay tuned, stay thirsty, and stay filthy as fuck. Shiver me gingers wants to... <laughs> That look in your eye before you said shiver me gingers. Shiver me gingers. Yeah. I love your tag, bro. Fuck one, marry one, kill one. The rest of the band. Um, <laughs> I, I, guess I'll, I guess I'll have sex with you. Okay. That's cool. one. Cool. Yeah. Because uh, 
I see you. Yeah, right yeah, yeah, right now, yeah. I, I, I look you pretty seem, good right now. You've, yeah. had a, you've had a couple of Brooks Wackermans. You ready to go? Yeah, yeah. Um, kill one? Oh, man. You, you got it. Gun to your head, bro. I have to kill one? Okay. You can At, kill me. Fuck Brian. I'll kill you. Okay. I'll kill you after, because... <laughs> You'll kill me after you fuck me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... Then I'll kill two birds with one stone. I, I get it, like, I get so, it. And who are you going to marry then? Um, I'll marry you, too. <laughs> so it's all you. That's an answer for you're, you. You're going to be tired. Yeah. <laughs> Ms. Vengeance, mm. I think is what she's going for here, wants to know, if you were stranded on a desert island mm -hmm. with the rest of Avenged Sevenfold, who's going to survive the longest? I'm going to say Nat. For mm. some reason? For some reason. Yeah. You're not, you're just, it's just a gut feeling? I do have a reason. I just uh, came up with a reason. Because <laughs> both of his grandparents are still alive. So I, I, I feel ah. genetically uh, he has some very strong genes and longevity. It's mm. a good answer. Yeah. Ah, love this one. Fiction the Rev would like to know, would you ever consider using your old nickname, Thunderskin, as a stage name in Avengers Sevenfold. <laughs> I'm gonna politely say no because Jack Black coined that moniker for okay. me. Okay. So it would feel uh, disingenuous yeah. for Matt to say, and on drums tonight, we got Thunderskins <laughs> coming at you, you know? I'm gonna, so, I'm gonna convince him to do it just one show though. Maybe one, like, <laughs> like next time we play Lisbon or something, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh, that's great. Yeah. Shitaram would like to know, do you like bananas? Um, well, if uh, you listened to the previous segment of uh, this uh, podcast that we're on, um, in that context, no, I don't no, like bananas no, because it, it's, uh, there's like a stigma attached to the banana. Mm. Now. And I think there's a joke somewhere. Yeah, someone's some, some so, eating bananas. Yeah, away fun. from this interview, I um, can enjoy a banana. But um, <laughs> today, it's just putting, today, a bad, no. putting, putting a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. Jenny Thomas wants to know, what was your first impression of Johnny Christ? Mm. First impression. First impression. Let's be honest here. Um, I'm, trying to go, I'm trying to go back to the first impression. <laughs> I'm rewinding the first impression right now. Must have been very, very yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> You're the type of guy that's, uh, you know, you, you have this welcoming quality, you know? Yeah, and uh, I felt like we hit it off, not only musically, you know, there was always something to talk about. Yeah. So, yeah, it was positive. Eversio wants to know, why does Brooks dress like an old man, not in the metal scene? I may not be as metal to the masses. Okay. Uh, but, uh, metal of the masses. Metal of the That's masses. That's gotta be a band name. Yeah, yeah. Like Faces of Death, Metal <laughs> of the Masses. Fucking Faces of Death, that's a great throwback right there. Yeah. I don't think anyone knows what Faces of Death is anymore. I was but when I was a kid, about this oh my God, day. that was the craziest thing I'd ever yeah, seen. I know, that monkey being shot like 500 <sighs> times. That was brutal. Um, so back to my fashion, um, I say to, uh, that last guy, you know, just try and accept my middle-aged dad, my middle-aged dad look and you may sleep better at night. Jesse likes coffee wants to know which of the A7X members is the biggest pain in the ass. That doesn't exist. 
Ah, bummer. Yeah. It's really hoping he's going to say me again. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is a, a serious drum one. Mm -hmm. The Art of Jessie would like to know, how do you take care of your hands? She's a drummer. She's often playing, and she's getting cramps. Mm. So how do you take care of your hands? How do you not cramp up? What's your, what's your regimen on that? If you're experiencing cramping, you're more than likely holding the sticks uh, too tightly. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would suggest finding a drum instructor to take from who has a good reputation on technique and um, study with that person and figure out why the cramping is ha happening. For the time being, whenever you feel cramping, just stop playing because that will eventually lead to tendonitis or carpal tunnel, which is a drummer's enemy. It's very informative. Let's get to some funny ones. <laughs> now, that I brought, now that I brought the mood down. Yeah. Perfect one into it. Should we talk about foot technique next? <laughs> so if you're if you're heel up, if you want to be in like a 45 degree. But what if position, I'm naturally heel down? Well, then you should play jazz. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Not a lot of fast kicking yeah. there, huh? <laughs> Case, Legaman. I don't know. Whatever. Do you still he wants to know, do you still have the Colonel Sanders outfit? I don't. That was rented. Uh, the Tenacious D camp rented everyone's costume on the Pick a Destiny tour. So um, I wish just for, you know, artifacts. It would um, be fucking I, amazing I would, to have. It would be hanging in my closet, but it's not. Uh, so I only have... Next Halloween party, I want to see you in that fucking yeah. costume. Yeah, I'll go to Friar's <laughs> Tux and see if, they, see if they have one for me. Perfect. Speaking on, this one actually goes into Tenacious D again. Mm -hmm. Sammy7x wants to know, was it difficult to stay focused while playing with Tenacious D? Did you find yourself laughing your ass off a couple of times, maybe fucking up a song here or there? Luckily, I never um, fudged a song, but um, during their improvisational parts each night, because there would always be a percentage of um, improv, uh, I would usually yeah, crack up because those guys are master comedians. So, but that was also, you know, one of the things I would look forward to. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, there. It's got to be fun on stage. Yeah, spontaneity. We got to have fun. You got to have yeah. fun on stage. Comically. You don't so. go up there if you ain't fucking having fun. Yeah, yeah. McCullers Chan wants to know. What are these what? names? I, Steve, yeah. I don't know. You're your fans too, man. That sounds like a. It sounds like an independent movie. McCullers Chan. Wants to know, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, who your top five drummers are. Danny Carey, uh, Buddy Rich, Tony Williams, um, I'll say Gene Hoglin in the metal world, hmm. um, and Vinny Caliuta. Wow. it's quite the list. So, Cinnamon wants to know, mm. do you design your merch for the 1234 apparel? And if so, how difficult is it to come up with these designs? So Cinnamon is actually the girl who drew the Brookspot image on my signature drum set. Oh, no way. Yeah, she's fantastic. Hi. Uh, so she won the contest that we did a couple, couple years ago. I remember ago. that contest. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
So the inspiration behind 1234 clothing is designs that I had a few years ago that I was just keeping under file. So once I did my signature drumstick, I wanted to sell it on my site in conjunction with these art images that I had that turned into shirts and hats. And then as far as is it difficult to design, what's difficult is accepting what I like doesn't necessarily mean the consumer will mm. like it. So I try and you know ask my friends and, and people's opinions that I respect, what do you think about like, here's 10 ideas, like what do you think people would gravitate towards. That's the biggest challenge, just trying to find the happy medium between, okay, this is who I am as a designer, but maybe Tommy from Michigan would... He's would, not into it. <laughs> wouldn't like a, you know, a unicorn that has a... Well, people are different, right? You know, a German flag on it. <laughs> is that the next design? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jess Murano wants to know, who in the band is funniest when drunk? You. <laughs> that was a layup. <laughs> we did it. Wow. <laughs> Productive. Thanks again for uh, checking out another episode of Drinks with Johnny. Uh, I had a really good time with you today, but do that again. That was terrible. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> God damn it. All right, do it one more time. Thanks again for checking out another episode of Drinks with Johnny. Had a great time here with Brooks Wackerman. Thank you, brother. Johnny. Thanks for having us. Had the best time. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Take a left. Thanks for having us. It's my fucking show. What do you mean? <laughs> Take <All right>. 18. <laughs> Take 19. <laughs> Thanks again for checking out another episode of Drinks with Johnny. I had a really good time here with my guest, Brooks Wackerman. Thanks for thanks being so on the show, man. Thanks so much for having me, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That was been, yeah, thanks for doing the show. Um, everybody out there, cheers. Take a lift. That <laughs> <laughs> was so aggressive. <laughs> I tried so hard not to laugh immediately, so at least we could excuse it and cut it out. <laughs> Take a left. <laughs> I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time. A secular religion, if you will with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now on Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. 
Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.